Hi, and welcome to the Reclamation Project podcast. Uh, we are so glad that you're here, that you're listening, and hopefully that you are a part of the conversation. Uh, today, we are just uh, going to continue our conversation on uh, the discussion on love, and uh, we're going to be looking at how do we love other people? Not only how do we love other people, but how do we accept the love of other people? Uh, just to pull the curtain back a little bit, Gary and I, we meet uh, about a week and a half uh, prior to these podcasts sometimes and kind of flesh them out and talk about them. And it's funny that during this one, God really slapped me upside the back of the head and said, <laughs> you do not love well, Jeremy, uh, other people. And, and it's true. You know, while I shared my purpose a couple weeks ago, um, that is uh, to, to just see other people become the best versions of themselves and, mm. and to love them. Uh, I really don't love well. Um, part of that is is very much social anxiety. I remember a couple years back, I went to a party, and uh, Gary, you were there, and and uh, your well, daughter wasn't a wild party. Yeah, then. Wasn't a wild party, <laughs> but uh, your daughter was there too, and we were talking. And I was just like, yeah, I really, I really wanted to come to this party, but but once I started getting in the car, I was like, I don't want to come to this party. I don't want to see people, and that's really yeah. how I I react. Even though my purpose is to help people become the better best. Uh, versions of themselves, mm-hmm. and I, and I really do want that to happen. Um, I do a poor job of loving people because I just have anxiety about it, and I and I I don't um, really uh, engage with people well one on one. Yeah, um, I can stand up in front of a thousand people and talk, um, but having that conversation one on one or no intimacy in that when yeah. you're looking at a thousand people, it's easy that way, yeah. right? Yeah, and so. Um, that's just, uh, you know, really what we want to talk about is how do we love people, you know, from an intimate way, from yeah. from a, a little bit of a far, farther distance, and then people we don't even know. How do we not only love them, but show them love? And to piggyback off of what you said, it's funny because we both had a slap to the back of the head, but mine was different. What I, I realized, I do love well. I, I do love people well. What I don't do well is receive love from people. So... I, I've a little bit of Dr. Heal Yourself there. I'm asking myself, why don't, what is it about me that I don't receive people's love? Uh, you're probably gonna have to stay tuned to a further podcast because I didn't figure it out enough to share on this one. But I think it's always good when, when God makes you aware that self-awareness um, is really important. I was sharing with a, one of the ladies I do work with and she said, well, I don't know if I'm into this, all this self-help stuff. I mean, it seems to leave God out. And I said, listen, what, we're, we're not talking self-help. Self-help says, I can do it. You know, I am woman, watch me roar. Um, I don't really need anybody. Uh, self-awareness says, I've come to the place where I know my limits and I need help. God, I need help. Uh, Jeremy, I need help. That's what self-awareness is. It's totally different. So in, in this, as I'm hoping, and, and thank you for those who've shared that you have listened and and it's raised some questions, and it's been a point of conversation in your family as you've listened. But uh, know that we're getting stuff out of this, too, even as we talk. Sometimes we'll talk, and it's like the Holy Spirit taps you on the shoulder and says, yeah, that was for you, Gary. That had nothing to do with anybody <laughs> listening. You know that feeling, Jeremy? Yes, I yeah, do. Okay. I do. So, yeah, so that's the topic today, and um, I th- I'm excited to get into it because I think as we talked off air, we're both talking about the same thing, but we're coming from uh, different angles, which I think is going to be good. And that's true, but I think at the same time we can agree on the fact that there are really a few different levels of of uh, the types of people that we love. 
for me, I, as I've looked at it, there, there's kind of the level that's closest to you, um, your family, uh, close friends, the, the people that you're really intimate with that mm-hmm. you can have a conversation with and that you can, uh, you know, go deep into life and struggles and, you know, just joys and, and all of that. There's then, trust there. There's safety there. There, there is. And, and then beyond that, I think there's the next level. And for, for me, I think sometimes that's extended family, people you work with. While you see those people maybe on a regular basis, you don't have that deep level of trust, of safety, of, of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's more of surface level. Um, maybe a little depth to it, but not as deep as you would with those intimate people. And then there's another level of people that you can show love to, and that's the people that you come in contact with um, throughout your day. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, for instance, uh, you know, people that you see on the street, people that you see in the store, people that you uh, see uh, on your ride Mm -hmm. to work, your Mm -hmm. commute. uh, Those are people you can still show love to, but you have very little interaction with them. Yeah. So as we begin talking about how do we love people and how do we show love to people, I, I think that it's important to to understand and comprehend that there are those layers of people. Mm-hmm. So what we talk about may not impact some layers, but may impact others. And, and we really need to, to comprehend and, and really keep that in mind as we move through this podcast. So the first place we want to start in all of that is just to talk about um, how do we accept love from those people? How do we accept what they bring to us? Yeah. You know, I guess at that point, in light of what I've just said about my my God slapping the head, I feel like the big foam finger is pointing at me to go first. And so when it comes to, in the reverse order of the types of group you gave people, uh, I accept it differently as you would express it out differently so that that close group the family the friends um actually it's a it's kind of a funny thing but a few months ago i'm watching the cardinals over at my brother-in-law's house and uh after the game i walk out as i always do i head to my car and i hug my sister-in-law and i hug all my nieces and as we walk to the car he looks at me he goes how come you never hug me and i'm thinking was he joking here and he said no you, you always hug my wife and my daughters you never hug me what is that and i'm like you know, I, I don't know. Uh, so I, that next night I went to a, a small group meeting with some of my, really some of my core friends that I've, uh, a small group of core friends I can count on. And I was telling them this story of what happened. I'm really perplexed by it. And they all looked at me and said, but you don't hug us either. And one of the guys said, you know, Gary, I see you, you got, you hug guys on the street, guys you've met once or twice, you give them a hug, but you don't hug us like that. What's that about? And I was like, I don't know. I really need to figure this out. So at the end of small group, there was about 20, that was probably a large group that day, there were about 20 guys. So as we ended, my friend said, and by the way, as we leave, uh, if Gary hugs you, that means he doesn't like you. And if he does hug you, that means he really likes you. <laughs> and I, you know, I've been bothered by that. And um, the only thing I could come up with, uh, we talked about pain in, in one of our last podcasts and Having experienced loss, uh, having buried two daughters, I'm I, I'm sure I protect myself and those people who are really really close. I 
almost like I'm afraid to fully accept that where that way I won't be fully in pain if something should change, which is really just backwards. So on the bottom end of your definitions of people, the guy on the street who meets me once said, Hey, I haven't seen you in 20 years. You know, I give him a hug. I accept his, I accept his, his nice um, conversation. I accept his compliments. I give him a hug. So it, it is weird. I don't know that we're going to define for someone a model of how you do this, but I think it's important that we investigate how and why we accept love from these different levels. And for me, I accept love uh, completely differently. You know, for me, when people come up and, and give me praise or give me an attaboy or, you know, say I did a good job at something, um, my natural reaction is to deflect, hmm. completely deflect that change their focus, put it on something else, you know, tell them how someone else did better. Um, for some people, they may think that's me being humble. Um, I think I've maybe conditioned myself to think that's humility. Yeah. But it's not humility. It's more of just uh, not being able to ex- accept praise, accept um, love in that way. Yeah. Um, that, that, that's just my natural default is, is just to say, no, you know what, this, even with this podcast, when people tell me, that they like it or that it's helped them out or, or, or whatnot. It's my natural inclination to say, yeah, you know, Gary did a good job or yeah, yeah, yeah. that's God moving or, you know, it's not me trying to be spiritual or trying to be humble. See, it's, that's it's what we have in common. Cause I would say I did a good job too. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's where we have it coming. <laughs> okay. Don't give Gary praise anymore. I, I understand. Um, but, but that's just who I am and how I work mm-hmm. out there it is it's, it's deflect. It's move away from it. It's get away from that situation um, almost immediately. And at, at that point, it's not really about right or wrong. Again, we're not trying to create a formula on how to love or, or receive love. I think it, it's more of a marker on who you are, the, the style of who you are, maybe the, uh, the filters that we have. We talked in a past podcast about the different filters. And if I was to ask a question, to, the exact same question to four different filters, I'd get four different responses. Uh, to the skeptic, if I said, hey, you look nice today. What you doing? Your first thought, the skeptic would say, what do you want? I know you want something. Uh, if I said to the narcissist, hey, you look good today. What are you doing? He'd say, absolutely good. I look good. Tell me more about myself, please. And if I talk to you know, the, the shy person he or the person who has a terrible self-esteem, I said, hey, you look good. Uh, what are you up to? I don't look good. You're just saying that I can't stand myself. So again, I, I think it's important that we identify our filters and that gives us something to work on as we learn on not just how to give out love, but how to receive love. Well, and as I hear that, I, I instantly identify that I'm a skeptic, you know, yeah. because uh, my, I, I think my deflection comes from a, a fact that I I feel like sometimes when people shower praise, it's almost obligatory. Mm. You know, I, I, in the same way I, I deflect that, I also, when people say, good morning, I say, is it really good? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm skeptic that they really mean, hey, good morning. Good to see you. You know, it, it's a, that's a, we have these obligatory phrases yeah. that, that happen in life. And so from myself, I say, are they really desiring to wish me a good morning? Are they really desiring to say that I did a good job? Are they yeah. really desiring, desiring to say that they love me? You know, when I was growing up as a, as a kid, I had a real hard time with the, with the term, I love you. Mm. Because when it's overused, it, it feels obligatory. So yeah. I'm the skeptic in that, you know, do you really love me? Do you yeah. really 
you so know. you're you're questioning the sincerity of it, or you know you know how like when your iPhone rings and you're on their line, you could press a pre-programmed answer. I'm on the phone, call you. <laughs> so you're you're kind of saying like, are you saying it back as a pre-programmed answer as your good morning statement? Is it really good morning, or is this you saw me, you feel obligated to say something? Exactly. I mean, and so you don't want to receive that, or you don't want to be the person who, you don't want make make them feel that it, your comment is just obligatory. It's both. I have uh, a problem receiving it. I have a problem you know, taking an obligatory po- comment. And then I, I also have a problem giving it back to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I don't want them to feel like that is something that I'm just saying in jest and walking past, you know, I mean, it's kind of like when someone says, how are you doing? You know, my, my, I remember my dad one time, he got a, a call from a telemarketer. How are you doing tonight? My dad says, well, you know what? I just found out that my dog was dying <laughs> and, you know, just gives them this completely awkward, yeah. you know, overture of this is what happened, um, even though it wasn't true. And, um, you know, th- they didn't know how to react to it. And it's because it, it was it was obligatory. How are you doing tonight? Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's kind of where I come from is it, it's something that people bring that obligatory comment and you not that I want to catch them off guard or I want to, you know, but, but I don't accept it well, yeah, you know, and I don't want to give it back in the same way that they gave it necessarily. So imagine you're a pastor. There's 1,200, 1,500, 2,000 people in your church. So you stand on stage and you tell in the context of your message, uh, love one another. So you have 1,500, 2,000 people out there means you have 1,500, 2,000 filters. So how do you really know what they heard? So people walk away and they're going to love others in the context of their filter and they're going to accept love into the context of their filter. If I'm sitting in that congregation and I hear the charge to love other people, you know, kind of my filter that I run it through is um, from acceptance point of view is this is the skeptic, right? Mm-hmm. So I have a hard time accepting other people's love. So as I give it out, in turn, my filter is, are people going to accept what I give them? Mm. And, you know, is it going to be awkward? Is it going to be um, something that people feel is obligatory, like mm-hmm. I do? Mm-hmm. It, you know, is, is that going to be, you know, kind of put to the side like I do it? Um, so there's a fear there, and I think that's a fear a lot of people have. But at the same time, it doesn't even matter if they accept it, if, if that's what I'm supposed to be doing, is t- supposed to be loving other people. Right. Do I just love out of, you know, a, a desire to, to, to do what God wants me to do and to love people, and then it's up to them to receive it? I, I mean, it, it's just kind of a, a, a quandary of, yeah, and, you know, emotions and, and what do you do with it? Yeah, and we've mentioned it probably every podcast because it's, it's really a central theme of, well, it's a central theme of how I do all my counseling and coaching, but you've heard us use the word almost every podcast about reframing, and, and that's where you have to maybe reframe the whole picture because uh, we love to give, and if we don't love to receive, so maybe in not receiving or accepting their love would be harmful to them. And if I look at it that way, then I'm going to receive it because the last thing I want to do is harm them. So reframing still, uh, it peaks its head up through every aspect of not just life, but our, our spiritual walk as well. So I think it, it really becomes evident that the same filters we use to receive love are probably the same filters we use when we express love, when we give love to others. So you, using our our. Th- three specimens here the the skeptic might give 
just to get you away from them. Uh, they don't really trust you, but here, I'll give you something, now leave me alone. The narcissist will give or express love, not so much because he cares, but because he wants you to like him more. Um, the, the shy person, uh, again, might be like the first guy who'll just you know, hand, hand you something or do something nice to distract from himself. Uh, so those same filters really do come into play. So the question is, is how do we love? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, th- those layers still exist, those, those layers of intimacy from the people close to you to the people yep. that are a little bit further away to the people that you see once in your lifetime. Um, but not only are those layers there, but there's also uh, many ways to love. I mean, th- there's the the fuv, fi, fuv, the fuv, the, the five love languages. Five and love, love. Okay, I get that. Figure out how I got there. Scares um, me that I'm tracking with you, but go ahead. <laughs> there, there's the five love languages, which I I, I don't know completely. Yeah. But they're things like spending time with people. That's yeah. how you how you choose to love. Um, giving them attention, affection, mm-hmm. uh, touch, quality um, time. Quality time. That's my wife's. Is yeah. quality time, and I am very much not that. Yeah. Um, but there, there's those ways that you love people. Um, that, that go beyond the layers as well. Mm-hmm. So how do we love and love people well the way that they need to be loved? So if you were to define that in a church concept, what would the average Christian thinks, think about what it means to love others? How do you think they would define that? Or, or what programs would a church institute that, that might incorporate that? Well, things like um, homeless ministry, mm-hmm. uh, benevolence funds, yeah. Um, giving to organizations. You know, you love people through giving to organizations. Community service. Yeah, community service. I mean, all all things that are very, where where you have that distance Mm -hmm. to a certain extent. I mean, that's how I've loved people in the past is you you have that distance. And I mean, even this morning, you know, I I roll up to to where we're at and there's a homeless guy uh, on the corner of the street. Um, You know, I... I know this. I, I've come down here a few times, and there's homeless guys on the, on the side of the street, so I have some money ready, and I, I give them some money. And I do that out of, a, you know, just knowing that, that you know, God tells us to take care of the poor, the widows, the children, mm-hmm. the, the orphans. And, and so when I do that, I do it out of knowing that that's what God wants me to do. And since I love him mm-hmm. and I want to do what he wants me to do, it's just kind of a, a, an overpouring of his love in me. It's just a natural outflow of yeah. that love. So, I, you know, I, actually we talked about this off the air. I, I was driving to our underground fortified podcast bunker this morning, <laughs> and I saw the same guy as what brought it up. And I, I saw him there. My first thought is, oh, I don't have any cash. I would have gave him some cash. And then as I turned the corner, I'm thinking, why was I going to give him cash? Because I knew I was doing a podcast on loving others. Or was I going to give it to him out of guilt? Or did I, do I really, did I associate with his plight? Did I feel sorry for him? Uh, you know, you can actually overthink giving love where I think your brand of giving love just as an outflow of God loving you is a, is a natural response. Well, My, and conversely, at the same time, when I give him the money, I think to myself, I start having a judgment of, of what's going on. And, mm. and, and and I think people often have this judgment. I've had people in the car with me that have this judgment. But I see the guy smoking a cigarette while he's asking me for money because <laughs> yeah. he's hungry. His, his sign says, homeless, hungry, need help. Yeah. Um, you know, actually, that is exactly what it said. And, um, you know, as I give money, he's smoking a cigarette. I said, well, if you're hungry 
you know, you should have spent that money from the cigarette <laughs> yeah, yeah. on food, yeah. you know, and that's my judgment. But the truth is, is it's not my judgment that, that, that should be the reason why I give, you yeah. know, I, I shouldn't say, well, this person's not going to go buy booze. You know, I've had people in the car say, how do you know that person's not going to buy booze or buy cigarettes or drugs or whatever? That That's not love. No. L- love doesn't have judgment. The, 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 the love that, that force not that compels me. Yeah. I almost said forces, but yeah. that compels me to give, is one that I'm I'm loving and showing love to this person and giving to this person because right. of the love that God's so given to me. Ultimately, which what's your only responsibility is to be is ob- to give and to love and and the to judgment, be obedient with God's calling on to give. Yeah, and and and, and what that he judge, does with it is yeah, not your that, that's between him and God. You yeah. know, the the judgment should not be there because if you're judging it, if if you're you're almost giving a condition to how you give and yeah. how you love. Yeah. You know, and, and that's just, that's not what love is. Love no. doesn't have condition. You know, Paul says it. You know, he, he talks about in 1 Corinthians 13 what love is, and, and love is not judgmental, mm-hmm. you know, out of all the things that he lists. Love is not judgment. Love is, is an outpouring. It's a giving. It, it, it's not something that we condition. Sacrificial. And, exactly. It's sacrificial. It's, it's humble. It, it's... Is offering something, not what are you going to do with it. Mm-hmm. So that is how we should love. I think that's the standard, to love sacrificially and unconditionally without judgmental filters. And, and that's where the self-awareness comes in, where you ask yourself uh, about maybe the sincerity of you giving. You know, we all have, um, and we mentioned this in a past podcast, and if you'd like a copy, a hard copy or a digital copy, you can get... I call it the understanding your soul ID. There are needs each person will meet every day, either positive or negative. So I think I think we owe it to ourselves to to find out why we give. Um, everyone wants to be loved. Everyone has a need to be loved and to receive love. So if I'm being good to someone and I'm giving, am I doing that because I love them or am I trying to get them to love me? That kind of changes that. That goes back to what we talked about, that motivation, a pure motivation, which means I'm going to give and it really doesn't matter. You know, when I do premarital uh, counseling, I always talk about what the union they're getting ready to make is not a contract, it's a covenant. The difference in that kind of setting is a contract says you do your part, I'll do my part. Uh, in in what we're talking about is like I'll love you, you love me back. That's not really love. A covenant says I'm going to love you whether you love me or not. That's that unconditional, probably Christ-like love that that we're supposed to emulate. So we we, in a sense of trying to self-awareness and make sure that our motives are pure. We need to ask ourselves: Are we meeting needs that are selfish? Or are we trying to trying to meet their need? And receiving something out of giving love is not necessarily bad, but it should be secondary to loving. It yeah. shouldn't be conditioned True. Um, to love somebody that you're going to receive something back. So I think that's good is you will receive something back um, at times, but it, it, it shouldn't be what predicates giving that love. Right. You yeah. know, I, I've, I've uh, a friend who who's in a relationship and uh, that's how their relationship works is, is you know, you, you love because of what you get out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, you give time and money and attention and affection based off of what you're going to get out of it, what what you're going to receive. You know, 
um, whether it's it's helping someone out, you, you want to see that yeah. the interest come back from that, or whether it's spending time with someone, you want to have that networking that, <laughs> that comes that's going to help you in business. Yeah. I mean, those those things are, are, are not what should should compel you to love. Instead, they should be byproducts mm-hmm. of you loving someone is by you loving that person, you might have a, a, a network that will help you out later. By giving to someone, you know what, you might reap the benefits of interest um, that, that comes with yeah. that. Um, they might give back, they might give to someone else. All that's great, but you shouldn't necessarily need that in order to love somebody. So anything that isn't done with a pure motive or intent might not be pure love. Is mm-hmm. that what I think we're, I hear us saying? Yeah. Uh, you know, and that that's the easy kind. I, I think I, I woke up early this morning knowing what our topic was going to be about, and I started to think about some missing elements of love based on, based on uh, some of the counseling I've done in the last couple of weeks. Uh, a couple I know struggling a girl that I know struggling, and and they you know in the context of church, what they found is uh, there seems to be a breach in how they're loved. Their unsaved, non-churched people seem to accept and love them better than than their own people in their church. So I I think there's obviously a problem of of how the church expresses love. You know, there's a there's the the side that gets all the bulletins and they get the videos at church of when we're going out and handing out. Uh, homeless bags or when we do a mission trip because we've done them jeremy we've we've taken kids on community service that's all the the good pr kind of loving people but there's a messy side to loving people too i woke up uh and and started reading galatians 6 Uh, by the way galatians 6 is all about freedom and and so the idea of freedom isn't that we sit there and try to with our big bucket and try to see who collects the most freedom at the end. Uh, I like I like guys who come up with little catchphrases. And I can't remember if it was Perry Stone or Perry Noble. There was a Perry out there. He's a pastor, and he's he's really good with the little one-liners and the little quotes that you see on memes. But he said, "Freed people, free people." And I thought that that's brilliant. So in the context of Galatians, our freedom is not to sit there and just be glad about it, but we're, we're supposed to use that freedom to free other people. That's what love looks like. So he says in chapter 6 and verse 1 that, you know, if we see anyone who's caught in a sin, that you who live by the Spirit should restore. Now that's, that's the messy, hard kind of love. He said if you catch somebody in the middle of a sin... We all know them. I call them uh, I call them grace killers or love killers. Every church has them. I remember a guy who every other week would be in my office. He just couldn't wait to tattle on somebody. Pastor, don't you think it's time that we confront this person? I caught him. You know, going. I saw one of your college students go into a, um, a um, adult book center and come out with a video. So my first thought is, why? Did, if you saw him go in, why didn't you stop him before? I mean. Restoration means it's about stopping stopping someone. And if you're spiritual, you do that. That's the hard part of love that uh, that we restore. If you're not restoring, I'm not if we're not restoring, I'm not sure we're loving. Uh, the Bible says that God has given us the spirit of reconciliation. So if we're not restoring, if not if we're not uh, reconciling, I'm not sure that we're loving. It's easy, as we talked about, Jeremy, it's, it is easy to hand out a homeless bag. 
and, and, and dig a ditch and, and mow somebody's yard. And those are all amazing things. And I know they build character. And wherever that person is in the context of their spirituality, it can be used for growth. But real love, Christ-like love, which we already determined is sacrificial and unconditional, is to restore. Then he says this. This is what really love is. He says, carry each other's burdens. And when you do this, you fulfill the law of Christ. Uh, not that not that handing out homeless bags isn't important because he says in James 1 that this is true religion, helping the widows and the, and the homeless and the orphans. So that is a vital piece uh, after you identify and make yourself aware of the filters while you do that. But this really is love. The Galatians is that I've experienced freedom. Now I want freedom for you. So in the context of what we talked about today, Rather than giving the homeless guy a dollar, I should I should be mourning that this guy's in bondage. Mm-hmm. I've been called to introduce him to freedom. Uh, that is, there's not much in that for me. That's all about him. Well, not only you know it says that we're supposed to carry the burden. I think that that's part of confrontation. It's confrontation isn't just calling someone out and walking away. Yes, you know it's calling someone out. Well, that that's a that's a negative connotation. Yeah, it, it's it's confronting someone and and in in love yes and then helping them through it and, and i think there's some humility that comes with that because as you talk about the guy who yes uh saw the college student going inside the bookstore i say why are you sitting outside of an adult bookstore exactly. you know? um, <laughs> because obviously there's something there too maybe um but but what, what i'm saying is when you carry someone's burdens that that's sitting with them praying with them weeping with them mm-hmm. um helping them along uh, if they ask you to, keeping them accountable. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I think a, a, a good segment of the, the Christian population thinks uh, or, or, or at least really meditates on the scripture, do not judge, yet you will be judged. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and that that's, y- yes, that's true, but also Paul says that we're supposed to um, help each other out. Yeah. You know, when we know that we're struggling, you know, help each other out. I met with someone uh, this week that, that they said they were struggling with something, and, and now that I'm looking back on it, maybe I should have stepped in and said, you know what, you're struggling with that. Let me help yeah. you carry your burden. Yeah. And so maybe after this podcast, I need to reach out to that person. Yeah. But but that's not necessarily our first um, inclination, and it, it, it's part of what we're supposed to do when we love right. is we are supposed to carry that burden, and, and that takes on many forms in itself is, is helping that person, propping them up, encouraging them. Yeah walking through it with them, helping them in every aspect of it. When they fall, picking them up. Yeah. When they succeed, cheering them on and, yeah. and praising them. Um, we're to do that as well. It's not just about the confrontation, the messy Correct. part, but it's about from that you build a relationship that's true love, yeah. you know. Which is a good point. But I'm thinking, how do you, you know, the, my, the one pushback when people say, well, how can I carry their burden if they don't tell me their burden? Well, guess what? If I'm doing relationship with them and I'm studying them, I see burden. Yes, I sir. don't have to wait for them to tell me there's a burden. If you have that first or second layer of intimacy, you'll Correct. see what they go through. I mean, I don't have an intimate relationship with some people at, at my at my job, but I can see when people are having crappy days. Yeah. You know, I, I can see that and I can know that there's something there and I can inquire and I can help mm-hmm. and I can, you know, see if there's something not, not out of a, 
of a, hey, I just want to know what you're going through because I want to feel better about myself or I want to gossip about yeah, it yeah. or whatever because that's what some people do with Absolutely. that. But I, I want to see if there's some some way, some help that I can bring, some encouragement I can bring, some way to make your day better, light your burden lighter, yeah. you know, um, some way to be able to lift you up through that. And you should be able to know that it, 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 even if you're – not only at that intimacy level, but the, the one prior to that, yeah. if you're intimate with friends and 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 family and uh, some coworkers and, and people that you know, then you do know when they're struggling, when they are going through things. And you probably know some of the struggles uh, yeah. in a little bit better context than somebody who just happens to work with them. And so that is where you need to lift them up. I think... Uh- I think the church sometimes doing its the best it can backs into that. I heard a pastor say, well, everybody is so addicted to their apps on their phone that if we get their social media, we get their heart. And I heard a a, a friend of mine say, listen, what's been my experience that if I get their heart, I grab their social media as well. So it depends on how, how we look at that. And I, you mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, Jeremy, that that kind of love comes from the inside out. I am so full of of the love of God that it becomes a natural outpouring. Now I'm now I'm intentional about <clears throat> looking for those people who carry burdens. I actually uh, imagine the difference if I got up in the morning and I said, God, please uh, give me uh, show me someone who has a burden that I might carry to that that might change my whole outlook. Excuse me on the day. That would be really heavy. I mean, just thinking heavy. about that. I'm just. Not to quote Marty McFly from Back to the Future, but that's heavy, you know. <laughs> heavy, man. Um, that is heavy. And, and, and honestly, that's what we ought to be doing. Yep. Wow. I, I've never thought of it that way. I mean, that, that's that's big time. I, mean, I have these uh, diagnostic affirmations I usually give people, and uh, I try to do it myself three or four days a week. And so the idea is like, uh, I, I will be loved today as I give out love. Who can I love today? Who can I help today? And all that does is set your mind. Because if you got up this morning, Jeremy, and I called you the first thing and I said, yellow Mustang, yellow Mustang, yellow Mustang, I guarantee you're going to see three or four yellow Mustangs on the way to our underground bunker here. Yes. Because your mind had already been set for that. Mm -hmm. So I do have a responsibility to set my heart in the morning and my focus on how can I love others today. I think that's probably the truest expression of loving others. Well, and I think when you do that, it might change your filter. Absolutely. You know, your, your filter from Great skepticism point. to narcissism. Yeah. If you're saying, okay, who can I love today? It's not, it's not coming from a, from a filter of narcissism. It's not coming from a filter of skepticism yes. or anything else. Yeah. It's coming from a filter of, man, I want to help somebody. Yeah. No, and that's such a great point. In a couple of weeks, I, I get the privilege of speaking at a men's camp. And the theme of the men's camp is labels versus identity. And that's exactly what we're talking about. So sometimes our filters are labels put on us by other people. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're put on by yourself. But you start loving like that, it changes your label. Well, and sometimes you look at people through those labels. Absolutely. You know, I, I was, uh, man, who was I talking to? I don't even remember. But um, when you talk about labels, I mean, there's labels of, of dirty, you know, yeah. homeless. Yeah. Um, transgender, yeah. homosexual, bisexual, um, nerd, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, computer geek, yeah. uh, hard, yeah. you know, um, not easy to deal with, not lovable. Yeah. You know, and if you look at things through those filters, you're going to love through those filters Absolutely. as well, yep. you know, and, and so or I, or not love or not filters. love through those filters. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I think that we also, when we love, we have to break down those labels. Mm-hmm. Not not only the ways that people label us, but 
but we need to break down those labels, not see people through labels, but see them through the fact that uh, the, the way that God loves them. God yeah. loves all these people regardless. Um, I'm reminded of a, of a friend. He has a band called uh, Poor Rich Folk, and they have a song, and I, I just think it's incredible when you talk about labels, um, where it says uh, – in the verses, it says, is it true that you love porn stars the same as you love pastors? Hmm. Do you love the deadbeat fathers like you love the blameless bastards? Do you really love the prostitute like you love the faithful preacher? Do you love the racist and the rapist like the Sunday school teacher? Wow. And then it says, uh, do you love those who speak against your name and those that follow you exactly the same way? And then in the, in the choruses, it says, because if you do... Oh, sorry, because if that's true, then I need you to show me a thing or two. I need you to teach me to love. Mm. And that's how breaking down those labels really mm. looks, yeah. is God sees us as we are loved, we are children, we are his creation, we are valued, we have worth, and the world looks at you like all these other different labels. So the labels might be who, what you've done or who they say or what you've what you've done or what you're doing, but it's not who you are. Exactly, it's, it's not how God sees you. No, uh, it's funny because I'm I'm about halfway through. I'm I'm writing a book that started off to be a marriage book, but it's becoming more, and it's called Gray is the Color of Love. And before you think about stealing, I've already protected the intellectual property. <laughs> but gray is the color of love. Is this I mean, Christianity at large is just so black and white, and God is anything but black and white. You know, the law was black and white. The law said. Don't touch a dead thing or a diseased person because you'll be unclean, ceremonial unclean. And what did Jesus do? He touched a leper. He sat with a prostitute. It, it wasn't about black or white. It was about gray. And I think, to your point, Jeremy, breaking down the labels grays out what love is. So now love becomes gray. I can, I can love my I can love my pastor like I love the homeless guy we saw. I can love my wife like I love a girl caught in sex slave because I'm not loving through a label. I'm loving because of who they are, which is a child of God who is really no different than you or me at a core level. So as we bring the podcast to a close, uh, I want to do, Jeremy, what we had talked about. Part of our goal is not just to talk, but to maybe give you something to take away and so let me challenge you with this. And, and, and then in the course of this week, take the challenge, email us, tweet us, call us, email us, uh, Facebook us, whatever you need to do. I'd love to hear your experience as you do this. So be intentional this week to love others, to, to love someone that you wouldn't ordinarily love, to do something to be a blessing to, to somebody. Get up in the morning and say, God, who can I love today and how will I do that? Uh, Forgive someone this week. Forgive someone even if they didn't ask for forgiveness or go ask forgiveness from someone as a point of, of, of expressing love and be an encouragement to someone this week, be, which means you really have to look and engage. Uh, in, by encouraging, you're going to help bear that burden. Bear someone's burden this week and let us know uh of a blessing that happened because of that or something. We'd be really interested to hear of your experience as you do that. So as you, as you leave this podcast, uh, learn to love others. And we'd love for you to do that. Um, we hope that uh, this week you can just uh, learn how to love others 
and learn how to accept their love. Um, It's a hard thing to do. Uh, As I said before, it's something that I sometimes suck at, um, that we sometimes suck at. So um, we hope that you can do that, that you can uh, learn to do those things and be intentional about doing those things. Um, and as Gary said, if you, if you do those things and, and you have some feedback and you, you want to share some success stories or some pain points or whatever it may be, uh, we hope that you would. And so uh, there's a couple places you can do that. One is you can reach out to us through our social networks, uh, facebook.com backslash RP podcast, uh, on Instagram at RP podcast, and then on Twitter at the RP podcast. We also have a website up. It is uh rppodcast.com and you can find us there and find all our social networking as well and all of our podcasts and uh, and, and just hopefully become part of the conversation so uh, this week we hope you have a great one we hope that uh, this stuff impacted you as it did us and uh, we hope that you enjoy thanks so much for listening